And welcome back to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter here on CBS Sports. I am Chip Patterson. That's Kyle Porter. Uh, we've got Tory Pines in the books, the Farmers Insurance Open. Congratulations to Justin Rose, your winner uh, this weekend. We've got uh, a lot to get to. We've got uh, Tiger Woods, obviously. Tiger Watch always on deck here on the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. Uh, an interesting performance from Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. A lot to get to with John Rahm, who lost his cool a little bit, but still pulled it together with a uh, top five finish. Kyle, man, uh, you've, you've been in Orlando at the PGA Merchandise Show. How are you doing, man? Big golf week for Kyle Porter. Yeah, it, it was. I feel like I've been kind of all over the place, but uh, this really felt like I, I thought that, that it would feel this way coming in. It felt like the first like, OK, this is this is a real thing. Like this is a big time event. Uh, this leaderboard is legit. I mean, how good was that leaderboard on, Incredible. on Saturday on Saturday afternoon and into Sunday? I mean, even if even if you look at the final board. It's Rose, Adam Scott, Hideki, Jason Day, Rory, and John Rahm are your top six of your top seven. And then the other one in there is is uh, Oklahoma State legend Taylor Gooch, uh, who finished top five for the second straight event. So you basically got six top, uh, I don't know, 20 guys, top 15 guys. And then Taylor Gooch, who's, you know, maybe a top five player in the world. So. Um, <laughs> no, you don't, no, you no, 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 no. Listen, you can get your Oklahoma State homerism in. That is fine, but you will not let Taylor with no Y be claimed as a top five player in the world. I uh, no, he he played great, and the board he was did. awesome. And Kokrak feel... was up there too. Yeah, Jason Kokrak was in the mix. Um, Joel, Joel Dahman. Listen. So, this was this it was the the leaderboard on Saturday was incredible for the fact that uh and and maybe this was even like an early Saturday late Friday I just because the the names you just mentioned the ones that ended up at the top whether it's you know Justin is John Rahm Adam Scott Hideki Matsuyama Jason Day Roy McIlroy like Billy Horschel even Gary Woodland who we've already seen play very well the, in recent weeks like it did have every bit of world class uh, competition at the top, but man, there were some names that yeah. you were looking on Saturday, like, huh? So, uh, is he gonna win this thing on Sunday? <laughs> well, that's the thing right now is that there's so many good players playing really well that you don't really it. It's it's, it's hard to give them credit, like like Taylor Gooch. Like you're about to tell me all about Taylor Gooch, and I'm like he played a fantastic week at Tory freaking Pines, but I just never gave him a chance. Looking yeah, at his name on the leaderboard ever. Well, and it just it you don't you're not, we're not really getting these random tournaments where you've got uh, who was the guy that won the uh, one at Quail Hollow that year that. Um, that uh, Phil was up there and Rory and all the all those guys were up there and he like he like he was like the fifth alternate and he ended up winning and it's the only thing he's ever won. I can't remember. I can't believe I can't remember his name. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, but keep keep talking and I will I'll so, have it by the time you finish your next point. So so anyway, he 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 wins the tournament and my point is that like we haven't gotten a tournament like that in a while where you've got these huge names up near the top, but somebody like a Derek Ernst. Uh, Derek Ernst, there you go. There you uh, go. Somebody like a Sepp Straka just sneaks in. He finished T13 this week, by the way. Just sneaks in and wins the tournament. Like I just don't feel like we're – I don't 
and maybe I never see that coming, but I don't feel like that's going to happen when we have these full field kind of loaded up events right now. And, and some of that is because what, all right, here, here, as we start with, uh, Justin Rose, our winner, my note was, and this was before Sunday really got going. I think he was four holes into Sunday. I said, all in the midst of Tiger Mania at Torrey Pines, where Tigers won seven Farmers Insurance Opens and a U.S. Open, did Justin Rose just win it Tiger style? 63, yeah. 66, and then just play defense on the weekend? Well, I, I said this on HQ uh, the, after the tournament. Shout out HQ. Everybody should be watching. CBSSportsHQ.com, CBS Sports app. It's where you can find us all the time. Catch me at 6 o'clock on Sportsline on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, picking college basketball games against the spread. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he won the tournament on Friday. Right. right? So, yes. So he goes, he goes 63 at the north on, on uh, Thursday, and then he goes 66 at the south on Friday, and that's that's kind of a, I mean, for somebody like Rose, obviously you got to play the weekend and you know, whatever. That's kind of a wrap, right? You, you go, you go 66 at the South after you've already just torched the North, then it's kind of over. And Rory said that on Saturday, he was like, (laughs) it's funny because I think that a lot of times we watch golf and we're like, Oh, that guy's within four. And you're like, okay, well, who's he within four of what course are they playing? And how how many holes are left? Because it's different if you're within four after after uh, the front nine on Thursday, and you're within four like late on Saturday. That's a, that's a big difference, and especially with somebody like Justin Rose, it's just even though he wobbled a little on Sunday, he's just he he's not going to give that lead up. You know, Adam Scott. Adam, how about this? Adam Scott goes. He's uh, eight under on Friday night. Goes sixty five, sixty eight. This is a tournament where like 10 under wins it, 12 under, 9 under. You know, it's a, it's around there. He goes 65, 68 and doesn't even I don't even think he held the lead. Ever. I don't know. He, he did. He did not. I don't think he touched the lead. And I mean, he was awesome. He was re- I was so impressed with how he was playing and he just kind of got he just kind of got blitzed by Rose. I mean, it, it was uh it was really impressive, and that that's what shooting that 66 on Friday. That, that that 66 gets a little lost, right? You're live blogging it. People are like kind of paying attention, but it's Friday afternoon or whenever. I, I don't remember if he played in the morning, and you're just like, oh, Justin Rose shot a 66, and it, and and people aren't really paying attention until Sunday. But the tournament was over on on Friday, and. Uh, that happened when Bubba won Augusta in 14. I know I probably referenced that a few times, but he shot like a 66 or 65 at Augusta on Friday, and it was over because you get somebody like that that good and playing that well out in front. It's that's a that's ball game. It's it's done. So Justin Rose now has double digit PGA Tour wins, joining only. And this is a note that if you've been watching on CBSSports.com or reading on Kyle's grades, uh, only Sergio Garcia and Rory McIlroy. Justin Rose is is the world number one right now, which brings back that fun conversation about you know how much does uh, being world number one matter? He just won at Tory freaking Pines to add to a list of like, don't you call him pelts? Is that a you? Did I get that from yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your pelts on the wall. I mean, that yeah. might be problematic, but whatever. Um, I feel like you add Tory Pines to his list of courses that he's won at, and it's just so, so impressive. And yet, 
And yet, I feel like Justin Rose, as the world number one, as somebody who is just world-class, Hall of Famer, uh, I feel like he falls second in the in the conversation topics because when you're discussing something with a common golf fan, selling Justin Rose can be tough, especially when it's like, oh, so Tiger made the weekend cut? All right, cool. What did he do? Well, he played really well on Sunday, and Tiger's Sunday feels like it's got more sticking power than Justin Rose's win. I know. And Tiger lost by 11. Rory lost by a touchdown. And he played great, you know. Uh, yeah, the, the Rose thing is weird. I, I actually go – I mean, I, don't, I know you weren't accusing me of this. I go the other way with Rose. I really like him. Like not just – I definitely like him as an interview and just in the, you know, couple of times that I've been around him. Like I think he's – I think he's – I think he would be awesome to have a beer with, like just a hang. Like he'd be a great hang. Agree. But I, I also kind of like I, I. And again, I think we've talked about this. I get why people don't like him on the course. The smug, like everybody remembers the what seventeenth uh, at Medina in twelve when he uh, hit that. Like I don't think they do. I think he's. I think he's shed that. I think within the golf community, he has. He is. He might not have. But I think Justin Rose, for the most part, has become. Uh, just sort of an accepted character, right? Like he is, do you know what he is right now? He's a Virginia basketball. Everyone, mm. everyone accepts the efficiency. Everyone accepts that it is good, but there is something that is permitting either fans who are not just straight up Justin Rose fans, the same way like no one likes Virginia basketball if you are not a Virginia fan, right? Yeah. I, yeah. That, Am it, I too good, in college basketball right now? But it, the efficiency was where I got it. Where I was like, not, Justin Rose doesn't yeah. do anything wrong. He doesn't make mistakes. And when he lights it up, he's going to be able to put his foot down and put himself like put himself in a position to not have the blow up holes. And the first time that he had them was on the front nine on Sunday. And maybe that was some nerves and that got to him. But like for the most part, Justin Rose is so rock solid. That's where the Virginia basketball comparison comes in. And I guess from like a fan standpoint, that's also where it is. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't really excite me, but he sure seems good. (laughs) It is weird, right? Because I think that like, let's compare. So I got that that stat that um, double digit. So three guys have won, three Europeans have won double-digit times on the PGA Tour since World War II. That's a Justin Ray special. If you're not following Justin Ray of Golf Channel on Twitter, you should be. He's awesome. He's got all the numbers. So let's compare compare Sergio and Justin Rose. They've had essentially the same um, PGA Tour career. I mean, basically. Like, they've, uh, Sergio's played... Sergio's won 10 of 335 events, and Rose has won 10 of 327 events. They both have one major. They're basically the same. I mean, I think Sergio is just in a vacuum a better golfer, but I th- they've essentially had the same career. And I wonder why Sergio invokes so much more emotion one way or the other than Justin Rose, because they're they're... It, and and I get that some of it is personality. Like Sergio is easy to hate, but he's also kind of easy to love. I think that I think part of it is Sergio has just a a very. This sounds so dumb, and maybe I'm just too deep into it. He's got a very interesting swing. 
like I like it, he's very viscerally enjoyable to watch him swing. And I think with Rose, it's a little, uh, I don't know, mechanical and just, uh, it, it's just He's not a big pretty. dude. When he gets those big long arms swinging around, it's not very relatable. Yeah. And with Sergio, you're just, it's kind of, it's not jaw dropping, but it's, it's in the same way that D, when you watch DJ swing, you're like, wow, that's, I don't, how does he do that? Well, that's we can, we real. can get to it. I, I love watching Sanders swing. You like watching Xander? Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. He's got a tiny. Like, he's got a tiny body. He figures out a way to get some get some force out of that. That's impressive. You, you know whose swing I, I really love? Who? Ricky. Mm. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. I don't. Again, I'm not like the biggest like uh, Ricky fanboy ever in terms of like his you know, just the the whole deal, but I love his swing. I think it's awesome. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like we, I feel like we go through this a lot with Rose. Do we, do we not talk about this a lot and a lot in terms of like why people do or don't like him only because he continues to win in the same way that Virginia basketball continues to have 31 seasons. And yet no one, no one is picking them to win the championship in their bracket. Well, so here, here's the other deal. So Sergio wins, his 35th PGA tour start. Okay. So he's got one in 35 and then he gets his, uh, sixth by his 165th event. So he went six of his first 160, 165 Rose doesn't get his first PGA tour win until his 162nd start. So it took, it took Sergio, uh, in their, basically they both in their first 160 starts, on the PGA Tour, Sergio won six times. Rose won once, but since then, Rose has won nine, uh, nine more times, and Sergio's only won four more times. And they 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 both have ten now. Rory, by the way, fourteen in his first one forty. Yeah, fourteen in his first uh, fourteen in his first one thirty five, which is so. Rory's won fourteen before Rose won his first in terms of overall PGA Tour events, which is yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, well, it's it's not that crazy when you peak early, but classic Rory peaking early. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> but I, I guess my point here is like this late, late in his career, sort of res- not res- it's not a resurgence. Just, I mean, Rose is he's won six of his last thirty one events worldwide. It's this is this is the combination of things which feel hollow and and I'm I'm saying this as somebody who is a fan of Justin Rose the human being Justin Rose the golfer Justin Rose the 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 current world number 1 but Justin Rose world number 1 Justin Rose defending FedEx Cup champion which you mentioned this on a podcast <laughs> before but it's like all of a sudden retreating the FedEx Cup champion like it was a major winner they, mm. you, you are a hundred percent right on that, because as uh, as as the diehard fans, of the first cup podcast know, I was all about that live blog life on Thursday and Friday, so I spent a lot of time with the coverage, and mm. they did not stop mentioning defending FedEx Cup champion Justin Rose. So, and then I know, I know you throw that on top of the gold medal, which is the ultimate like, oh, gold medalist Justin Rose, like, yeah, it's just. Uh, there are all of these accolades which suggest that Justin Rose is potentially 
one of the most dominant golfers of the last three years, and yet all of those accolades feel hollow, and no one's ready to jump on board. But why? Why, why do they feel hollow? I mean, I, I I don't know that I disagree with you. I think that I think part of the problem he's won a lot of these events that are like talking points because they are. I need to be careful how I say this because they are closely affiliated with uh, big sponsorships or right. uh, important. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, important they, partnerships correct. between n- networks yes. and events and and everything else. Yes, and so maybe that's some of it. But I don't know. He's he's dominated all over. I mean, you go back to you go back to fall twenty seventeen. He won China. He won uh, Turkey. Then he wins the Indonesian Masters at the end of seventeen, and then he wins Colonial last year. Uh, he finished the second at Dell Technologies and BMW. He finishes third again at China. He wins Turkey again, and then he wins Farmers. I mean, that's a that's a eighteen month run or whatever fifteen month run that is uh, that's unbelievable. Second at the Open, I mean, he it it's tenth at the at the U.S. Open last year, twelfth uh, at the Masters. I mean, who who who's better who's better at? Oh, golf I, I was tracing it all right the now. way back to the hold your mouth Sergio, especially when you introduced it there, where it's like basically since that Masters, Justin Rose has been nothing but world class. Well, he couldn't, didn't he? Uh, he couldn't make uh, par on uh, was it? Or no, Sergio couldn't make par on sixteen, which I made par on on that Monday after the. Uh, after the it's <laughs> it's not that hard of a hole. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> you're good for that one. You're awful for that one, but you're great for that one. Um, so, uh, shout out to Carl Patterson Jr., my father, who threw this out here at dinner. He said, "Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup at an event." where no one cared about Justin Rose and it was all Tiger. We showed up to yeah. Tory and everyone else showed up to Tory for Tiger and he was an afterthought in terms of the competition and Justin Rose won the GD tournament. Yeah. How funny I mean, is it, that? It, yeah, it is it is interesting and even if you go I bet you, I, go back to go back to the Open last year even. Do you think that people remember that Rose finished ahead of Tiger in that no. open, just behind, just behind Molinari? No, not at all. No. They, people, they remember, people remember they, they remember on. Tiger and Frankie, and they would probably think that Tiger finished second. <laughs> I, I know they probably would think that that was the way it was. But I mean, Rose is so. I think the thing that really impresses me about him, and and he really showed this on Sunday. So he bogeys three of his first five holes. And if that's Taylor Gooch that does that, that it might be over, right? Like he might, that, yeah. that might just be like a seventy-eight waiting to happen. And with Rose, you're like, whatever, man. Like he he's gonna shoot a seventy. He's gonna shoot a seventy-one. I guess if he would have shot a seventy-one, he it would have been a playoff. But the point is, like, no, I he never, shot. He finished with a sixty-nine, and there was no doubt that he was gonna finish under par, even after yeah. those. Or like it was like, oh no, no, no. I've been watching yeah. this guy play. Through 63, 66, a defensive 69. He has a couple bogeys. He'll figure out a way to get him back. I just, I think the thing that's underrated about him a little bit, he's, 
close to 40 if he's not already 40 and i feel like he just is so still so locked into the grind he he's made i don't know hundreds of millions of dollars and he's got this great life like it does it, but he's i think he just is obsessed with golf i think he loves it and that's that's the phil mickelson sort of characteristic that i think uh, it's a little underrated in terms of like what the general public sees. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And I think it is something that he certainly possesses. Breaking down what we saw from tiger and the rest of the leaderboard right after this. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So back to the big cat. What do we think? I mean, he, he was all over the cup. And just could not get a putt to drop all through Friday, all through Saturday. Uh, two rounds that could have been 67 or 68 by his own account uh, ended up being 70s. You know, then all of a sudden you get this late surge on Sunday with the early start time. How, how do we grade out Tiger Woods with his 2019 debut? Well, here's two things for me. So the first is he did not shoot a nine-hole score over par, which maybe that's just me. Maybe that's dumb. I feel like it matters. You're just keeping yourself in the tournament. And the second is he was 10th in the field from tee to green. And so did he putt well? No. But he didn't putt poorly. I mean, all right. So you 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 spent more time with him on Saturday and Sunday than I did. I I truly believe that he was not lost on the greens. He just could not get a putt to drop. Watched a lot of Tiger Thursday Friday. That was yeah, my, yeah. my no, lingering no, that, takeaway. That that's what, I don't, I don't mean like when you watch it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying they didn't fall. And so essentially, your formula for winning this tournament is. You don't get two otherworldly performances from Adam Scott and Justin Rose, and you make three or four putts. Like that's it. And I know that sounds like that sounds like a, you know I'm like Tiger fanboy here, like trying to you know get him to a hundred wins or whatever. But my point is that he's not. It wasn't like he checked all the boxes for me. Like I I, I did nothing. And and again, I'm I'm still I'm like I'm fading Tiger this year. I'm I'm out on Tiger winning this year, and so I'm a little concerned because I felt like he played a lot better than I thought he was going to. What were? Wait, I, I thought that you were kind of on board with him being able to play all right here. Uh, yeah, at Tory, but I, generally for the year, I'm I'm fading him. Like I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win a major. But he played. I thought he played a lot better this week than I thought he was. Uh, oh, you're saying that I came into the week thinking that he was going to play pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I just I've I I I, I looked at Tiger Woods this week. I did not expect him to win, and I thought that what he showed 
was a game that was perfect. I mean, I, I sent you this. It, it was like perfect for golf. And, and that is the most, you know, meta conversation ever. But the idea that uh, a Tiger Woods who is not totally lost off the tee, a Tiger Woods who is not necessarily like dialed in, but certainly not hurting himself on approach shots, and a Tiger Woods who has birdie opportunities, but the putts just aren't dropping, is the most amazing carrot that you can dangle in front of golf fans to get mm-hmm. us to keep coming back week yeah. after week after week after week because that is and that it like i i don't know whether that is positive or negative for anyone outside of us who benefit from golf interest but like that is something that i will as a golf fan as a tiger fan will continue to show up for is like oh you're telling me that his health is good he is not just launching it into the woods on every single tee and he is putting himself in position to have birdie opportunities. Like I will sign up to watch all of that golf forever. And when you get that, even if Tiger doesn't win, even if Tiger, you know, makes the cut by one stroke and, you know, ends up finishing what a touch. You said Rory finished a touchdown behind. Where did Tiger finish? He finished 11 back 11 back. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm there for it. Like that's yeah. that, that I, I thought that all of that was positive. Yeah, I think the the problem is that it didn't really come until the end. Right? It didn't it didn't really happen until the last 9 holes. And so the whole the whole weekend he's down 14, 15, 16. Oh, he knew the, he was out of it. Like, yeah. At, at the end of Friday, his post-round press conference was very defeated. Like he knew that yeah. he was happy to make the weekend and he was going to make the most of his time at a course where he likes, but it, it was very clear that he was not going to be winning. I'm trying. I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out because you called me out on saying that uh, I thought Tiger was going to play well this week. I can't remember which side of that I argued. Now, I might have argued both sides. I have no idea. And and I think I think the I think actually your point about how <laughs> I I think it's easy to argue both sides right now for Tiger. Like you you could. I think I could argue my way into like convincing somebody Tiger's going to win three times this year. Look at these stats. Look at him finishing number one on the PGA Tour in strokes gained approach shots last year. Look at him finishing 10th in his first start in 2019 from tee to green. But then I also feel like I could argue the other side of it and say, I don't, I don't know that at 43 we're going to get consistent Tiger for long stretches of time, and so maybe this, maybe Tory is like the the apex of the first part of the year, and that's the best we get. Like I, I just feel like he's, but but that's that's fascinating, right? Like that's the carrot that you're talking about is that it's easy to argue it both ways with Tiger, whereas for the entire course of his career early on because he was so great and the last five years because he was so bad it it wasn't it wasn't easy to argue both ways you you were pretty much going to be right if you were in uh, kind of that extreme camp of him being the best in the world or uh hey maybe he shouldn't be at this tournament i love it as as somebody who covers alabama football when when you've got that kind of crack like you just you can't can't give it up Tiger's kind of like OU. Oh. Right? Just ba- based on like you've got this base level of consistency that it's always going to be there, but yeah. 
the national championship might only be like once every 20 years. Yeah, well, and, and like, I guess more of my point is like when it's clicking, it's like, it's unbelievable. Oh yeah. Like you're just like, Oh my, Oh my gosh. Like what am, what am I watching? You have, see, I promise you there is no shortage of hundreds of Oklahoma state fans that are Kyle Porter fans that just like threw up right now. Well, that's fine. I mean, Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy's two and thirteen against OU, so I don't two and twelve, whatever. A little bit, so little I, bit more comfortable with that. Um, I've I've seen and I've seen what I've seen. More important, all right. More significant. I'll throw this one out there. Um, we're gonna tie them together. Our two Aussies, Adam mm. Scott, felt like he was in the mix for most of the week. Very impressed with Adam Scott's game. I thought that he he did a great job this week. We go uh, 70, 66, 65, 68 to close. He finishes solo too. But Jason Day, like, the and, and some of this might be the way the broadcast was, and some of this might have just been my own attention span, but between those two, you know, like, what? What were your strong takeaways? Jason Day, by the way, 67, 71, 69, or 69, 67. He finishes 14 under. Uh, Adam Scott, five strokes at it, 19 under. Felt like we had a little bit of blast from the past from both of them. Guys who were, you know, at, at the top of the golf world, 2013, 2014, 2015, all kind of having a little bit of a moment here. Uh, you know, how, how do we grade the Aussies? Well, first of all, Adam Scott looked jacked. Like he as looked, I, like strength wise, he he looked, he looked jacked. He looked huge. Has he been like spending the off season with Ron Landry or something? I'm not going to let you get, go through another Ron Landry. <laughs> That's your second Ron Landry reference. <laughs> he looked, no. he, I couldn't get over how big he looked. Now he um Did you drop Laurent Landry on Twitter? Follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. <laughs> no, I did. I've got like four jokes. People are people are so sick of me. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, did, did they say that to you at the PGA Merch show? They say, Hey, we're sick of your Laurent Landry jokes, Kyle. Yeah, you've got four jokes. Please leave. <laughs> get out of here. Oh uh, no, I, I thought I thought Adam Scott looked I mean I have a lot of thoughts on Adam Scott. He was he was swinging really like it was funny because they're showing his swing, which is obviously beautiful. But he was swinging really hard, and the the broadcasters were like, "Oh, just look at how like you know fluid it is." And I was like, "He's taking hacks right now. <laughs> like he's swinging out of his shoes." Uh, and he was hitting the ball great. I mean, his performance on Saturday that sixty five was incredible. Uh, he. I heard a lot about him putting with a pin in this weekend, which was pretty interesting. And I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is mental. Like the the whole putting with the pin in thing has been a much bigger story than I thought it would be. Like it's been a real thing. I don't like, care. For, As personally, I don't care. I don't yeah, care. But, but it gets talked about a lot, and it's, I know. and it's it's weird and like did you by the way did you see the putt he missed on uh the front nine on sunday i did not oh it was one foot 10 inches and it didn't he putted it with the pin in and it didn't touch the pin 
I'm, I'm serious. It did not. It did not even nick the pin. It was. It was bad. But I. I was thinking about twelve inches, thirteen inches. No. Uh. It was. Uh. No. It was twenty-two inches. Oh my god. Yeah. I was thinking about the putting with the pin in thing. I think the greatest benefit is from like seventy feet. Right. No. It's it or downhill. That's or downhill. Though that's always been my my thought was. If you're downhill and you feel like you can get a good line and speed is your concern, then leave the pin in. And it, but it's still like with Adam Scott banking in like these nine footers off the pin. I'm like, is this what we want golf to be? Is this is is Nick Saban here? Is this no, what no, we want golf to be? No, I, I'm no. Is, is this what we want golf to be? Is Dustin Johnson taking an absurd line? <laughs> on a tee shot i'm i'm, I'm not was, i'm not uh, listen adam scott has gone through enough with him on the green i just i don't have any more attention dollars to spend on adam scott and whether he's using a certain kind of putter or whether he is leaving the pin in i mean it's how, how about this uh i'll, I'll throw it to uh, another one if 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 our if if our good friend Webb Simpson decided he was going to go all pin in, I wouldn't have time for it. <laughs> I've spent enough time talking about all these different putter changes and everything else. Like you've got limited amounts of attention dollars that I think we should spend talking about your habits on the green. Like Bryson, we're done. You're you're it. You've exhausted it for your career. <laughs> Uh, okay, how about this? Adam Scott finishes number one in the field in strokes and approach and number 14 in the field in putting. And if you tell me that on Wednesday of last week, I'm like, well, he won by 10 or maybe 15. <laughs> because if if Adam Scott – I mean, he was – some of those approach shots, man, I, it, was, it was a show. I mean, it was so impressive. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, he, he finished the he finished Sunday with four straight birdies. Hideki he, Hideki played well too. Like this, this was a classic tournament of it's really freaking hard to win right now. Yeah, I thought I thought Rory played well too. Oh, we um, haven't even talked about how Rory McIlroy dropped a sixty five round of the day on Friday. How John Rahm was like dropped a 62 on Thursday and then just lost his cool, but still maintained <laughs> to finish in the top five. Like the, the, the caliber of golf that we saw at Torrey Ponds was pretty incredible. Like a tournament that you mentioned yourself, normally what? 10 under nine under wins. Yeah. And all these names that we've thrown out were 14 under or better. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty great. And, I thought Rory was impressive because he only made five bogeys on the week, which is crazy at a place like Torrey. Um, I don't know what his – I think T to green, he was top five. He was number Let's one see. off the tee, I think. Yeah, he was number one in distance off the tee. He was he was ninth from T to green and T54 in putting. So, you know, same story, different locale. But uh, I, wa- I watched a lot of Rory birdie putts not go in. <laughs> welcome uh, <laughs> it's uh 
<laughs> he, I feel like he he's been bro. That been, live vlog life is tough. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, but uh, I feel like Rory's played. I mean, he's played really well this year. I know he's only played two events. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about his season. I think that. I think the I think the weird thing. This is something that people have had to get used to. A tiger is like you look at Tiger and you're like, oh, he's just he's just a a guy. And I don't mean he's like just a guy like Sung Kang is just a guy, but he's just one of the twelve or one of the fifteen. And the same is kind of true of Rory. And that's a world that I'm not particularly used to, just because of the way he started his career. And like, it, and it, and the the weird thing about it is that it almost it almost works against him because you're like, oh, well, Rory stinks now, and it's like, well, does he? Because let's look at the numbers. Like, he's one of the like seven best guys in the world. Like, right. no matter how you look at it, and just because he hasn't won since at least on the PGA Tour since last year's uh, Bay Hill, like it it's uh, it just kind of works against against him a little bit, but. He's played great. If he puts in any event, I think he's going to win it. And uh, who knows? Maybe that'll be at Riviera in two weeks. The big booty Spaniard, his uh, he lost his cool a little bit. I mean, yeah, it, I actually it's never... it's it's been a minute since I've seen John Rom. Like I, I kind of felt like he got the bad reputation for how he lets his emotions get the best of him, and then all of a sudden the narrative and the the story for the commentators became, you know, he's done a good job of maintaining his emotions and this, that, or the other. And so to see him lose his cool a little bit felt good. It was a good reminder that he's a young buck. Here's what, uh, here's what I was thinking about chip. Would you be surprised? Like, let's say they, they, um, you just take the, take the farmer's leaderboard name out of it. Just take farmers out. And just slide in Augusta National. Would you would you be surprised if this is what the leaderboard looks like in two months? Not at all. I know, right? H- all Rose, the way to Hideki, like Rose, Scott, Hideki, Day, McElroy, Day, Rom, Rory, Rom, yeah, absolutely. Woodland. Yeah. I mean, it, it Finau, Patrick Reed's up there. Tiger's up there. I mean, you can throw it. You can throw DJ and JT and Kepka at me. The only the only thing I would be surprised about is that Jordan Spieth didn't finish in the top 10. Like that's the only difference between this and a and an Augusta leaderboard. I'm not saying that Tory is like a is like a like you can take what happens at Tory and apply it to Augusta, but that's what this board looks like to me. Why did Jordan Spieth Why was Jordan Spieth so average after a 65 on Thursday? Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He so he played the uh, he played the South Course in seventy two every day, but the way he did it was bizarre. So very he got to different 11, every single time. Yeah, he got to eleven under on the fourteenth hole. He makes birdie on fourteen on Saturday, and he's eleven under. And I think Rose is at like fifteen. And you're like, oh, okay, well. So within four, there's, you know, it's not probably not going to happen. There's only 22 holes left, but still, okay. And then he goes triple bogey, par par, and then he opens today bogey bogey. 
and then four pars and another bogey. So within, what is that, four, 11 holes, he dropped seven shots. You're like, oh, okay, that's not good. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Looking at his numbers, he wasn't good from Tita Green. He actually putted all right. He was 49th. I guess that's not very good. But he was about field average in putting. Dude, his putter uh, was out of control on Thursday. His putter? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was he was he only hit 12. slappy AF. Like all yeah. all over the place on Thursday. And it <laughs> he was had five fairways. And his his he was good with his chipping too. Like I mean he was that was you know Thursday and Friday I was dialed in and it was all of him just being all over the place and figuring out a way to scramble it together. Yeah, and that's what he does. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I watch him and I just have the least amount of confidence that I've ever had that something great is going to happen with him right now. And, uh, I don't know what changes that. Maybe it's a, maybe it's another, you know, run at Augusta later on this year or something, but, uh, you know, he's got a few months to figure it out. All right. So who else? stood out uh doug gim he was great uh he he was a he's a texas guy uh he won or i guess he finished runner-up at the usam a couple years ago was the low am at the masters last year he's really fun to watch he kind of looks like i tweeted this but he kind of looks like jason day if he's not if he's looking down like not looking at the camera um but yeah he's a good player uh Let's see here. I don't know. I think that I think that's all I got. Taylor Gooch probably gonna win. He'll probably win two or three legs of the Grand Slam this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I think that my biggest takeaways were from Rory. Really? Yeah. How how so? That if if he doesn't like, he is much closer to really disrupt like we've become very comfortable with Rory as this already peaked character. And I have continued, like I've been among the people who have sort of had this Rory's already peaked story. Mm. And you know, if if that 71 on Thursday is a 67, Mm. maybe things are different. Don't we keep saying that though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, you messed me up because you were talking about how listening to Rory will make <laughs> this is you, my fault. Will make you start to like really think more about big picture stuff, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, he was as insightful and thoughtful and mindful as always, talking about both his bad round on Thursday and is good round on Friday round of the day 65 best round on the course yeah and I uh I was like ooh, okay well we've seen that this is an all-world talent and it doesn't seem to be unstable right now this this no no one is thinking that Rory stock is low but I am not going to start betting against him. How about that? People talk about Kyler Murray. 
I'm not betting against Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm I, not. I'm I'm not. I I covered him in person for a decent amount of time. That boy has an unwavering mindset. Yeah, and I'm not betting against him. I think the thing with with Rory is he seemed we don't we're at we're at like an hour. I don't need to like start psychoanalyzing Rory right now. But but here we go. Uh, he just he seems very comfortable right now. He does. Like, it was so interesting to hear him talk to. Um, I guess he was talking. I guess he was talking to Amanda Valionis on on uh, Saturday, and she was like, you know, why why are you playing? Why are you playing Tory or something like that? Um, First time. I like her qu- I like her questions, by the way. She asks good questions. But shout out um, Amanda, if you want to come on the show, holler at us. We work for the same company. <laughs> All of our paychecks get signed by the CBS Corporation. Come talk to us. Uh, and he was like, his answer. His answer was so interesting because he's like, well, I knew I wanted to play Hawaii, and I knew I was playing Riviera, and I didn't want a five week break in between. So I was I was trying to decide between Phoenix and here. And he was like, I'm just really glad I came here. It's been a really cool experience. I've enjoyed playing this course. I've played pretty well. It's been a great experience. And it was just like, it was as if he was, it was as if you and I went to like Bandon together and I got home and my wife was like, how was it? And I was like, it was a good experience. It was a a great experience. (laughs) We We drank some beers and played terrible golf and laughed a lot. And it was just, it was a really fun trip. Like that's what it sounded like, and I think that's um, a healthy place to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. And and like I think that I think that when Rory is in that place, that he probably, I I don't know. I think I think that's where he plays his best golf. I think when he starts to like break down like his practice schedule and like you know how how many hours is the track man on a day and stuff i think that's where it goes a little sideways and so when he's talking about like good experiences at new courses i'm like okay you know let's let's see what happens over the next few weeks and months is it still uh harry diamond on the bag yeah by the way here's a take and we got a bunch of uh Twitter questions and comments that because we're an hour in, should we push those to like, we're going to tape something else on Tuesday or Wednesday. Should we push those to then? Probably. I mean, it, okay. of, officially we're at 47, 27 at the moment, but yes. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. We'll, we'll, so everybody who sent stuff in, uh, we're going to, we're going to bump it, but we'll still get to it. Uh, here's a take. I think that Bryson, I think the two guys that we won, haven't even talked about how Bryson committed human rights violations in Dubai. <laughs> here's a take. <laughs> here's, here's a take. I think Bryson and Rose should be the master's favorites. I agree. And and I think that they're both going to be there on Sunday this year. And that sounds like just no. That is not silly at all. It that is a so, the moment. That no, that's like, a that's a stone cold sober take based on the last uh, nine months of golf. If if you were to take the, the last nine months of golf, there is there is no way. Like, take me back to Memorial last year. You're not going to tell me that Bryson and Justin Rose are not the two best players in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, Xander. Xander's up there, but but yes, I think you're right. And Xander over Ricky Fowler, head to head. 
And but I think that like shout out fade the equipment change except for the, Justin Rose except for Justin Rose. <laughs> I think they're I think I mean they both have a history there. Obviously Rose's is uh, much deeper and more successful. But uh, Bryson played really well there in his amateur year, uh, whenever that was, fifteen or sixteen. I think it was sixteen when Will at one uh, until late on Friday afternoon. But anyway, I think like if you fast forward me to. Back nine Augusta on Sunday this year, and it's uh, it's Bryson in, at like I don't know fourteen under, tied with Justin Thomas and Justin Rose is one back, one one pairing ahead of them at fifteen under. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's sure, I'm I'm in. Like that that's that could happen. That probably will happen. Um, I don't know. I just I. I I go back to the uh, this is so dumb, but I go back to the Dubai thing where Will, Will it won, the, Sergio yeah, Sergio won, yeah. So I don't know, but bro, they did not set the course record at twenty four under and win by seven strokes. I know it was a felony. <laughs> he burned it. Down. I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he'll even make it back from Dubai to play the Masters. He might. He might. Be, he might be held. He might be detained. I'm. If, yeah. If we're gonna be honest, based on what Bryson DeChambeau did in in the United Arab Emirates, I don't. I don't know if he should. I don't know if he's gonna be able to escape customs. He is so good. He's really good right now. Hey, like, right. He is, this is the thing. Is all right. So he's what twenty four, right, or twenty five? Twenty five. Yeah. He's twenty five years old. Yeah. We are going to have like moments throughout his career where he is stellar. And I think he's going to have that supernova quality. This is just me absolutely projecting where we are going to get him at moments where everything is clicking for him, but because he's because of the way his brain and his game works, then he's going to get lost. And I think we should savor that he is in his pocket right now. <laughs> I mean, I was dying because on the uh, on the CBS broadcast, I think I think it was yeah, it was Nance talking to Fado, and he was like, I mean, he's gonna be number one in the world like in a month, and I was like, in my head, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, he probably is. I mean, he's not because Justin Rose will be, but I, it's it's I I thought that he it's it's very difficult to win the USAM and the NCAA's in the same year. Obviously, that's you know, uh, not a hot take, but I, I just never, I, it never clicked with me. Like, okay, this guy's a future number one, like it does with some other guys. And now it's like, man, I, I don't know what to do with him. I love it. He's, he's unbelievable. I go back to Ryan Lavner had a great quote from some college coach. I, I don't, I don't think, I think it was an unnamed college coach because of the quote, but he said, I don't know, man. In five years, he's either going to be number one in the world or in a straitjacket, and I have no idea. <laughs> and I have no idea which one it's going to be. So apparently, it's looking like number one in the world. No, it really is. It a hundred like the green jacket what? going on. Bryson is not an insane thought. I know. I was just thinking that. What if Bryson wins the Masters? It, it is not a what if. Like. Patrick, Patrick Reed broke the matrix for me. 
In yeah, yeah, no kidding. In the terms earlier, of me, in terms of me trying to be like, oh, how crazy would it be if X player won? Isn't that no, 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 Patrick Reed winning the Masters and the way he did it and who he beat, especially yeah. on Sunday, was just sort of broke my expectations for it. So I, I yeah, Bryson winning was, the Masters actually would be acceptable at this point. I was texting uh, Sean Martin and Brendan Porath, both friends of the pod. Uh, this was like last year. And we were talking about Bryson or something, and Porath was like, or no, maybe maybe we talked about it on a podcast. I think we did. Maybe it was on this podcast. I don't remember. I don't even remember what I said about Tiger last week. But uh, Porath said something like, oh, yeah, he's probably a, a one-win-a-year guy or maybe a two-win-a-year guy. And and Sean, like, lost it. He's like, he's like, no, there's, you know, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? Like, what, what are we talking about here? And so I texted him today, and I was like, yeah, you you should have been freaking out, but it's because Porath was way too low on his on his annual wins for for Bryson. He's like a four win a year guy. I mean, his his last year has been unreal. All over the world, different tournaments, different uh, different feel. I mean, he's just been you know again like I want to see it at major championships, but his last year has been incredible. But like we said, this run, whether it was last week. Uh, or this week at Dubai, these are one of those tournaments that you talk about. When, yeah, like, yeah, yeah sure. it, it's not a PGA Tour win, but if Bryson finishes T five at the Masters and we're going into the U.S. Open, like, and remember, he set the course record twenty four under at Dubai. Like, yeah. it is, it's, it's a meaningful tournament, and he had a meaningful finish. Hey, you, you know, real quick. You know who's about to just light the world up, though? Who? I think Justin Thomas is about to go on a tear. Why? I I don't know. I just I I just feel like because he is. it's been three weeks since we've seen <laughs> Justin Thomas go on a tear. No, I just I just have a feeling. I don't know. Like I feel like he's about to win. Like three. I, of I think seven. that's a very low stakes bet, Kyle. I think that you're well, taking you're you're be like, hmm. You know what? Yeah, no, that, no, that, that's like me coming around, and be like, hmm, you know no, what? I, yeah, I, hold it, on. It's been a minute since uh, since the Tar Heels have covered the spread. I think that <laughs> I think the market's really turned against them. It's not a low stakes bet because nobody nobody goes on nobody's going on these runs right now because everybody it's because hard. everybody's so because good it's so they, hard to win and because they only play the same events. It just you don't get three out of seven or four out of, you know, thirteen or whatever, and I think that's what we're about to get from him. I'm I I think he's going to win the Masters. I think he's going to win a Florida event. I think he could win the Players. And I just I don't know. I just have a feeling that it's it's about to it's about to rain. He's about to make it rain. <laughs> I love this story so much that I'm not going to argue against it. I would argue against it for the sake of the podcast, but I will tell you right now that it makes me so happy for like for no reason, but just the idea that Justin Thomas in the midst of everything else that's going on in golf would just become the singular force that could not be denied. I'm here for it. And and I I promise you this. I've been saying this. I've been writing about it. But if he wins the Masters, there's going to be some, uh, huh? Do we have the uh, do we have the wrong guy between him and Steve? <laughs> no, there's not. 
No, no, yes, no, no. There no. is. Yes, there is. With the with the way speed no. is playing right now. No, 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 no. Yes. No, yes. no, 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 no. No. Until you don't think that'll happen? No. Because I think that I think Golf Illuminati respects the open too much that he's gotta go mm. he's gotta go really be in the mix for the claret jug. What about Augusta Pebble this year? That would be that would be a strong contention, <laughs> especially because of the way that Jordan Spieth's U.S. Open uh, title looks in the big picture with history. Dude, uh, I uh, so I sat down. The promise last thing I sat down at Golf Channel last week, and people can. So we're doing this thing. I don't so know have you already public. taped this? Yeah, I don't know if this is public, but whatever. Uh, we're doing this thing. Nobody's listening to this anyway. Uh, we're doing this thing where it's like this eight to ten minute feature on the eighteen masters, and, and there are a couple thousand people who listen to these. Whether they're still around right now is yet to be determined. But I, I, I do know for a fact at least a couple thousand people listen. To okay. These. Okay. So we're doing it's a it's a golf channel feature look back on the eighteen masters, and each writer had a different player that they were talking about. So somebody had well poor. Again, I don't know if this is public, but but Porath had Reed, obviously. Uh, two other people had Rory and Ricky because they both finished up near the top, and I got Spieth. And I would argue I got the best one to talk about. Oh yeah, because oh, I was never looking at the scoreboard. I was just scoring, trying to score as low as I could. Oh my gosh, what is that? His baby explanation for how he wasn't paying attention to his score. I mean, if you if you're not looking at your score at that point, you are the most self disciplined human being in the history of humans. Which, in human, in, which maybe he is, whatever. But yes, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> most inter- it, most interesting to write about for the 18 Masters. I think I agree 100. percent But it was so so. I just somebody just th- basically just threw questions at me for 45 minutes, and I couldn't believe how cra- like just how crazy it was to think back and look back on that round and like all the things that happened him making the putt on 12 from off the green him hitting it to like six feet on 13 for Eagle the putt on 16 the fact that he had a birdie on uh, 17 to get to 10 under on the round are you kidding me just all these things that happened so anyway I think the feature is going to be it's like Make fun of me. I'm going to come off like a clown, but the feature is going to be cool because it was such a real, it was such a fun and interesting and dramatic final round, even though the, the, the ending, the read part wasn't, wasn't that dramatic or that exciting. No, no. Well, I talked about that too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if it makes the final cut. Um, Hey, this is the first cut. Yeah. You've done a good job. Thank Uh, you, Chip. We will get back with you, and we'll be looking ahead to the week. You can follow him on Twitter at CalPorterCBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you go check out ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.